the opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Because the webmasters on the roof are back on the move. You've read enough forums and blogs. Now, it's time to get some SEO on your ears. Webmaster Radio proudly presents Webmasters on the Roof with the media Donis and his congenial partner in crime, Friday Night. Live. So, herzlich willkommen zu einer neuen Ausgabe von der Webmasters on the Roof. Ich bin der Mediodonis, das ist mein aus dem Knast geholt im Bewährungsurlaub kongenialer Partner. Bei den Heiden auch dabei. Genau. Und ihr hört, es klingt natürlich auch richtig anders und für euch klingt es natürlich auch richtig doof, ja, weil es ist halt, wie gesagt, keine normale Session, kein normales Panel, ja, sondern wir wollen es auch so ein bisschen durchhalten wie eine normale Show eigentlich. Und wir senden wirklich live, also wer es noch nicht mitbekommen hat, wir senden im Moment wirklich live, ähm, Unsere ganz normale Sendung, also wir schicken gerade unser Tonsignal äh, nach Florida und dort wird es äh, auf Webmaster Radio gerade ausgestrahlt. Und was ihr hier seht, ja, sind äh, die Leute, die bei uns jetzt gerade im Chat äh, eingeloggt sind und dementsprechend auch hier jetzt in der ganzen Session mitdiskutieren könnten. Also erstmal vielen Dank natürlich an euch da draußen, die jetzt wirklich hier den Weg in den Chat gefunden habt. Ihr könnt wirklich jetzt die ganzen zwei Stunden auch dementsprechend mitdiskutieren und aktiv mitmachen. Und genau, also ich finde es wirklich unglaublich, dass wir es wirklich geschafft haben, weil, wie gesagt, vor zehn Minuten hat sich gerade Espresso gemeldet, weil er hat gerade noch gepennt. Ja, da drüben ist es ja gerade ein bisschen früher gerade noch in Florida. Aber wie gesagt, wir haben es wirklich geschafft und ich hätte nie gedacht, dass wir das wirklich hinkriegen. Aber jetzt will ich erstmal ganz kurz meine unglaublich coolen Gäste heute begrüßen, die wirklich unser SEO Allstars Panel Complete machen. Dann fange ich mal ganz hinten an bei der Lichtgestalt der deutschen SEO-Szene. Man muss sie nicht wirklich weiter vorstellen. Die Lichtgestalt, Justin Keirat hat noch geschrieben, die Licht, was hat er geschrieben? Licht, äh, Lichtgestein, das war auch sehr lustig. Und vielen Dank an den Mediadonis für den tollen Namen. Nein, es ist Lichtgestalt, lieber Justin. Justin. Ähm, genau, die Lichtgestalt der deutschen SEO-Szene. Ich erwarte einen Riesenapplaus für Johannes Beuys. So, gleich daneben natürlich, also mein kongenialen Partner hatte ich schon, um, and I'm switching to English, and I, we, we, we will hold this session a little bit in English, a little bit in German, so I will try to translate most of the stuff for maybe some of the people at home too. If you don't so, want everyone understanding, that yeah, would be terrible. Well, we would just see, okay, how we play along, you know, we would just play it by ear, but like we always do. So, but I give a warm welcome, you probably saw him today in the keynote, which was just awesome, he showed some amazing facts. Um, it's Mr. Rand Fishkin from SEO Mars. Sitting right next to him, um, it's actually not the guy who's supposed to drag Friday night back into prison. No, it's my one of my best friends. Uh, I really love this dude. Is Mr. Bob Bonebreaker Reigns. <laughs> and it is a last minute edition. Um, we were just talking about it like half an hour ago, and he was like, "What are you doing a show on Webmaster Radio?" I'm in, and this is one of the yeah, I would say really one of the oldest SEO legends out there. It's uh, from Denmark, Mikkel de Mip. 
Genau, also ihr zu Hause habt Beispiel... <lacht> This old SEO legend. Dude, SEO is just like 10 years old, right? You don't look that. He looks like 24, right? Okay, so, ähm, wie gesagt, also auch für euch da draußen, wir haben Rand Fischkin, wir haben Bob Brains und noch als letzte, äh, hier, als letzte Edition gerade noch dazu bekommen, Mikkel de Mip, der auch äh, Strikepoint, äh, Strikepoint hier auf Webmaster Radio dementsprechend moderiert, aber heute, wie gesagt, die Seiten gewechselt hat zu Webmasters on the Roof. Und es wäre natürlich keine richtige Webmasters on the Roof Sendung, ja, wenn wir nicht ein wichtiges Utensil hätten und manche haben es wahrscheinlich schon gesehen, ja, wir haben Bier. So, von dem her äh, muss ich mal ganz kurz hier Bier verteilen. <lacht> Und also ich würde mal sagen, wir fangen gleich mit dem ersten Thema an. I think we start with the first topic, so I can just distribute some beers to some of the guys here in the audience. So, the first topic was actually Black Hat in 2009. What's hot right now? I think, who wants to go first? Bob does. <lacht> Hacking. <lacht> You go. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a few slides about it tomorrow as well in um, in a, a link session. Um, I, I, you know, what, what I, at least what I, I'm not sure I condone that, but at least what we see a lot is um, more and more websites being hacked for marketing reasons. Uh, people don't actually go in and destroy your website or, or mess it up the usual way. They just go in and maybe update your robot.txt file to reflect their own needs. Or they go in and 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 optimize your title tags, um, or you know, generally just optimize your site for their own benefits. Um, and it, it can be really hard to to identify because I mean, who, how often how often do you guys check your robots.txt file? Every day, every week, every month, every year? Never? I never check it. <laughs> uh, maybe you should start doing that because that's what we're going to see a lot in 2009. Um, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think that the uh, for the most competitive sort of terms and phrases in English on the web, we always see that uh, essentially hosted spam, right? Uh, so third-party hosted .edu's, well, not so much .govs, I think they're worried about prosecution, but we do see a lot of... No, actually not, because .govs are only relevant to prosecute in the U.S. How are they going to prosecute me? How are they going to prosecute any I, of you I, guys out there? So please go for those .gov sites, because you don't dare to do you that. You know, the thing is, I think they just hauled in a Somali guy, and they're trying him. And yeah, but Somali. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm We're just... talking about Germany here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Check your country's extradition policies before you hack .gov sites for, uh, you know, personal buy Viagra websites. That was like that one dude on Twitter who uh, hijacked Obama's uh, Twitter yeah, profile right. and then he sent out, like, uh, what was it, clicks for cash, ringtones, oh no, <laughs> do this survey. Which is really stupid, you know, you go into like, hacking Barack Obama's account and you say, yeah, guys, take this survey, and it was like clicks to cash, you know. Now you're not messing, you're not messing with Barack Obama, no, you're messing with these guys in a suit, you know, looking like him, but only a little bit more meaner. So like a combination of him and Bob, and a, and a you know, bigger. and they don't just, you know, go do it to Twitter or whatever, you know, they're just going to go to clicks to cash and say, okay, who's this ref ID and just, you know, eliminate this guy. It's really crazy. That's like the most stupid thing you can do. But maybe we need a little disclaimer here because uh, hacking is illegal in, in most countries. Um, and, and so... <laughs> Unless, unless you like spending time in a very well, small room, you know, maybe you're... A lot of the time we're not talking necessarily about hacking. I mean, some of it's XSS injection. A lot of the time, though, one of the things we see is people just create pages. I mean, 
you know, there's, there's open portals to create your own pages and people create those pages and they sit on very powerful, very trusted domains. And I think, you know, this is one of the things where if you're white hat, you can really take this from what's going on in the black hat world. You see that, you know, sort of whatever it is, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, uh, Zillow, Yelp, all these kinds of places have pages that rank really well for even sort of weird pharmaceutical terms. You can glean a lot from that and I think take away a lot that you should be building those profiles and owning those profiles for your own company. A good, a good, um, a good advice uh, for you guys is if you're running blogs, which is one of the places where you hit a lot, um, a certain kind of, of hacks people do is that they go in and, and create hidden comments. Um, so, so you don't even see it on your website. So go and do a site colon search for your website and then search for Viagra and sex and gay and stuff like that. And, and if a lot of people, a lot of site, a lot of pages turn up. In Wait, the what if you already site? write about gay sex and Viagra? Does that, does that, does that not work then? Nah. <laughs> You should go and check that. Um, it, and, and also, for, for the fun of it, go and check your government site. It, it, it's actually funny. Hey! Hey! No, What's just, up? He just said, I just check it. So I'm just checking. You know? <laughs> Help if in sabotage? No. Uh, I think you can keep your stuff clean, right? Wait, what, does that someone spam my... God damn it. <laughs> All right, can you send that to Rebecca? Yeah, and I know. I know one thing that you know that came up recently on a affiliate radio show that I was on, uh, in in uh, one of the spaces that's really vulnerable for for Black Hat Gaming, was that someone had had their site 302 hijacked, and basically the person just dipped in long enough to switch all the affiliate IDs on all their banners and links mm -hmm. to their own, and jump back out and and basically you know. A, a guy who had been doing affiliate work for a long time, but wasn't really necessarily paying attention to what was going on on the site, all of a sudden saw his income drop off, and didn't know, you know, was like, oh, what's going on? My stuff's not converting anymore. And it turns out he was just sending it elsewhere. We actually had, um, we, we had a, a complete affiliate spam system set up uh, for SEOMA, so we launched our affiliate program, I think, back in October. And by the affiliate spam program, yeah. <laughs> and by November, we we were like, oh my god, this program is going great. And then yeah, we looked, and sure enough, I think we had about fifty thousand dollars in fraud in about thirty days. So, wow. that yeah, sucked. I'm sorry about it. For shame, whoever it is, I know you're in the audience today. <laughs> so. So, but, but it's really the trend right now that Black Hat, you know, Black, Black Hat back in the days, you know, when I started doing Black Hat, for us it was basically just, you know, avoiding Google guidelines, you know, yeah. we've been just, we didn't break any laws or something like this, we just didn't obey the Google guidelines, and that was Black Hat spam, you know, like, whatever we did, you know, cloaking, domains, keywords, yeah, yeah. And cloaking, you know, being the awesome thing, you know, um, and these days, you know, Black Hat, it really seems just to be like Works illegal little, techniques right? and this is like we you know Danny Sullivan branded a term actually saying okay it should be stamp crap hat because crap actually hat. there's a lot of people you know if you say you do black hat stuff you know they always say well you do illegal stuff and I think I would I think it was like pretty well you know you say okay let's find another term for that stuff because it's really not what even black hats do you know I, even, I, I even Godzilla is something like that he wouldn't do illegal well, you know, stuff but he's a black hat none of us want that stuff associated with SEO Right, as a brand. I think yeah. this is actually a, a, a huge problem that SEO has to overcome is the association, the historical association with 
essentially crap hat and illegal tactics and yada yada. I mean, I saw a thread on uh, on Reddit the other day, and I think the, the the first comment was, even though it was on the top of Reddit, was you know never trust anyone who submits anything with the word SEO in their username. Right. But I, I, don't, I don't think we need another name for that because we have a good name for black hat and we have a good name for the other thing we call it hackers. Why do you need that crap hat? I mean, we have a name for men like you and we have a, a name for pedophiles, but we don't need a, a, a name for, for pedo men. You know, we have pedophiles, <laughs> and we have men, we don't need to mix that together. And we don't need to mix hacking and black hat. Well, I in that sense, it's... it's it, but but you know I think the reason why they 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 we're seeing so much of the of the hackers uh, moving into our territory is because they've been been kicked out of the terrorism business, you know, and or at least they've been caught up by terrorism. They used to hack banks and stuff like that. Yeah. But now suddenly they face a long, long, long time in prison or get expedited to the U.S. or whatever, you know. So <laughs> what are they going to do next? You know, yeah, the thing <laughs> is, in our business, they can make a shitload of money without exactly. anybody even noticing what they ever do, yeah. and that's the awesome yeah. thing. You know, you can make a shitload of money and nobody has any idea how they do it. That's great. Well. well. No, 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 Great no, no, no. for some people. Well, it's, it's, it's much worse, you know, to hack yeah. into a bank or to a, or a NASA or whatever. And, you know, you can't do anything fun in there. You know, okay, when the bank you can transfer money or with NASA you can start a space shuttle, which is, okay, more like an idealistic value than well, money. You know, but still. that is like a part of it, right? I mean, I think in the, in the past when you thought of Black Hat, it was sort of uh, taking advantage of vulnerabilities that Google left open. And I think what's happened is that as they've tightened up, you see people going and taking advantage of what, of what webmasters leave open. So, you know, they just see a different vulnerability and go, oh, hey, look, this guy is completely sleeping on the fact that, you know, half of his URL strings are left open at the end and I can pop pages all over his website and throw affiliate banners or whatever I want to do on it and walk away and catch the check. Mm -hmm. I think it just switched. The, the tighter Google's gotten, you know, for a while it was like, you know, Google started to tighten up and then you'd see a lot of spam on Yahoo or MSN, but they're kind of all tightening up. So Well, and Yahoo and MSN have shrunk, Yahoo, Yahoo shrunk so much. Right, Yahoo's yeah. not very good at tightening up about it. Google ha, ha, have done a great job, but, but Yahoo, is, I have actually an example tomorrow in my slides from, from cross-site scripting that still works great in Yahoo. Um, not that I'm saying you should use that, but... Yeah, it's an option. Well, and also okay, I think, I think it's for everybody in German, you know? also Mikkel empfiehlt, dass man cross-site scripting macht, weil es immer noch in Yahoo funktioniert. <laughs> no, I just was, I don't know, talking about something <laughs> Yeah, you were time. saying nothing, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> another, another area of the, of the hacking uh, stuff is, that, and now we mostly talk about how, how they go in and, and change your website and, and mess that up. Uh, but we also see a lot of things with with other external sites. So they 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 use a lot for it's used a lot for for link building. Um, there's a lot of open proxies around. Um, I'm not talking about the regular proxies you use to go through and stuff. But I'm talking about proxies that sit in front of very prominent websites. I don't even think I should name any any of them here. But yeah, please there's do. A, there's a couple of very big websites around Europe, and their their front end proxies are wide open at least to people who know how to do that stuff, which is, doesn't include me, but I have friends that does know that. And, and they basically tell us, well, do you want to link on, on that particular website? No problem, we go in and put it on the proxy. The great thing about it from a hacker point of view is that the, the content owner don't even see it because the content is not on the website. Yeah. It sits on the proxy between the website and the user. So it's really hard to detect it. Um, that's happening, um, and of course, I, I, I the, 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 you should not hire anyone to do that because I promise you the hacker is never going to be found. 
but the traces yeah. they lead back to you. So you know the flow of the cash. That's the that's one of the biggest things with email spam, for example, too, because it's the flow of the cash. You know where, who actually gets paid. Yeah. You know, and that's just it. You know, you can do it over poker or casino rooms, probably. Who really well, you have to fly to Gibraltar, you know, to actually get some information out of them, and they probably won't tell you or even shoot you for that, even asking. But you know, there's a lot of stuff like like with like every normal affiliate program who will really, okay, if some government office comes knocking and says, okay, well, here's, uh, we want to know who's this uh, ref ID, you know, they would just give it to you them and you're fucked, you know. I'm sorry we are very explicit. Somebody's offended, I don't care. <laughs> we should offend anybody in this session right now. <laughs> well, I think Michael made a good point of, I guess, you know, trying to answer that topic of what is Black Hat in 2009, and I really do think a lot of it is about linking now, right? There's hackers, but what's really like Black Hat in 2009 is, is ways to get links on sites that normally you couldn't get a link from. I also think there's a point in what you said, uh, Rand, in that there's a very fine distinction between what you could really call hacking and what is just abusing uh, open holes. Because right. putting uh, uh, hidden comments on a blog that's I wouldn't call hacking. that hacking. It's, and it's, probably, not illegal. it's not illegal. It's not illegal. I wouldn't say that. Abusing a cro uh, an open cross-site scripting hole, you know, then you're moving into some gray area. It could, in some jurisdictions, be illegal, but I, I doubt it will be in most. And then, you know, from there on, you move into more and more dark areas. So it's not really yeah. a clear cut between what's legal and what's not. And with, what that, with that XSS injection, um, you know, uh, couple years ago now, we wrote a blog post on SEOmoz called How to Get 10.gov Links in 10 Minutes. And uh, the next morning I got a call um, from someone at the National Security uh, Office. Wow. And that was, that was awesome. No, he was really friendly actually. Um, Gerald, my wife was there, she remembers. Uh, and basically said, uh, you know, he called me on my cell phone and said, hey, you know, we saw this, this post and we think this is really interesting, but could you maybe take some of those links off of there? Um, and I think, you know, we, we hadn't built any links to anywhere, but we were showing that vulnerability. What was great, though, I mean, what was exciting was that 30 days later, I think only four of those sites still had the cross-scripting ability. I had a similar experience with, um, because I've, I've been writing about cross-site scripting uh, for, I don't know, four or five years, something like that. And in the beginning, when I was writing about it and speaking about it and on StrikePoint and stuff, nobody was really paying a lot of attention. It was really hard to get the, the attention of the medias because my goal was really to, to tell websites, get this fixed, remove those holes, because I don't, I don't think they should be there. Um, and, and so I've been writing about it, nobody took any attention to it. So, so uh, I just, you know, look for some, some way to, to write about it in a way that the media would, would put attention on it. So, so I looked around and said, you know what? What kind of security holes would really, you know, grab people's attention? So the banks, I thought, the banks. So I took a, a seven of the biggest banks in, in Denmark, including the National Bank, and I tested them for, for cross-site scripting holes. Five had open holes, yeah. wow. really wide open holes. Uh, so I wrote an article about that. I got a little scary, scared when I started writing that article, so I decided not to say which of the five it was. I only said five of these seven have holes, and I published that. And it didn't take more than, uh, than, than a few hours before the security expert companies that was hired by the banks oh, wow. started calling me up and saying, yeah. oh, please, could you, could you send us the test scripts that you, you ran for this? Uh, because they wanted to know before their bank called them up and said, what the fuck are you guys doing? What are we paying you for? 
And then I had to tell them, well, sorry, guys, I cannot do that for security reasons. You will have to call your client in the bank and have them send me an email on their bank email oh, wow. account. Wow. Um, and they, of course, they understood it, but they were not too happy about it. Three months later, I run a second version of it, and three of the banks were still wide wow. open. Yeah. That's a bad part of it. So even, you know, and this was picked up by all the newspapers in Denmark, where everybody was writing about it, all the banks knew this was happening. Yeah. And somehow the security firms convinced them that it was not an important not hole. A problem. It was not a problem. That's what I think happened. So um, there's still a lot of work to do and be done to, to close all those, those holes up. I remember that one time I was at, at DEF CON Vegas, which is like basically the the hacker conference. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like where all the bad guys go. And actually, it's like 50% bad guys and 50% CIA, FBI, <laughs> and all different secret service kind of organizations. It was really funny. And Just they don't had, bring any electronics there, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. They had this 17-year-old kid who stood like me here, and he, uh, he was doing life hacking of a bank. So he went in there and basically just showed everybody the, and hacked the bank live and even had the, okay, I have the, the code on the CD and everybody can have it. So it's basically DEF CON. It's really like wow. really open source. So really, so here's the code, how he can do this. There were people actually running out of the session, really pulling out their phones and running to the doors. It's like really, really funny. Because what he did was basically like in 15 minutes, he was in there and it was really easy. And then he basically, okay, what do you want to do? Okay, you want to transfer money to your account? Oh no, you have someone who, who you don't like? Okay, let's send it to this account. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that was like really, really, really horrible. But it's, it's, it's really scary, you know, that there's so much um, security flaws still out there and nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to explore them. If you have any interest in this area uh, and you don't have time to go to DEFCON, I, I haven't had time myself. Uh, most of the presentations you can find on uh, Google Video, uh, most of them are put up there in pretty decent qualities. Um, they're long, they're usually like one hour long presentations, but they're really interesting, some of it. And, and, and also on a larger scale, just like last year there was a really good presentation on the, on the national uh, DOS attack on Estonia, as, as some of you might remember, where the whole country was closed down by, probably by Russian hackers, they still don't know. But the guy who actually solved it did a presentation on DEFCON explaining exactly what was happening and stuff. Wow. Those kind of presentations, very, very exciting, um, and they're all there online. So yeah. um, you should go and check that out. Definitely. Um, yeah, ich, 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 I would like to do a little bit in German to get, yeah. to get my German friends going too. So, ich glaube, wir können nicht wirklich darüber reden, wie jetzt sich Black Hat in, in Deutschland, in anderen Ländern unterscheidet, oder? Ich meine, aber vielleicht irgendwie nochmal so ein Systrix jetzt gerade mal so, ja, weil die Leute sich hier beschweren, wie gesagt, dass du dass hier eins zu schlafen scheinst oder so. Aber wie siehst du das jetzt mal? Also wie gesagt, also wir haben jetzt ja sehr, auch sehr internationale Dinge, aber wie siehst du das jetzt zum Beispiel als, als auch ein neutraler Marktbeobachter ja durchaus irgendwie gerade diese, diese Branche jetzt gerade Black Hat? Ähm... Um. Also das Problem ist wirklich, glaube ich, langsam, dass, dass die ganze Blackhead-Geschichte total wirklich ins Illegale reindriftet. Ähm, das sehe ich auch in Deutschland. Irgendwelche Blogs werden gehackt, um unten links reinzupacken. Ähm, und da ist es halt nicht mehr wirklich Blackhead, sondern es, es geht ins Illegale ähm, und es ist kein, kein Geschäft mehr, was man irgendwie betreiben sollte. Ja. Genau, aber ich glaube auch, dass es halt durchaus halt gefährlich auch ist, also weil wir auch... Ähm, ja, ich meine, also Black Hat wird halt immer noch, also gerade auch in unserer, ich meine, SEO und die SEO-Branche an sich ist ja eine sehr junge Branche, ja. eine, eine Branche mit Longs wie uns halt dementsprechend, ja, die jungen, rebellisch und 
beziehungsweise Code Geeks, also es geht ja auch nicht immer darum, irgendwie, dass es jetzt darum geht, viel Geld zu verdienen, sondern also wie wir damals angefangen haben, ja, oder hier Friday vor 50 Jahren, ja, es ist halt wirklich so, wie wir damals angefangen haben, es ging ja wirklich auch darum, es hat Spaß gemacht, ja, es hat uns einfach Spaß gemacht und irgendwann haben wir gemerkt, dass wir eine einfach shitload of money damit verdienen können und dann hat man es einfach irgendwann professionalisiert, aber das geht ja auch darum und dann teilweise sind es ja auch solche Effekte, also wie gesagt, wir haben halt sehr viele Geeks und Dings, die einfach so in dieser Branche sind und gerade Black Hat wird da halt immer so ein bisschen, ich würde mal sagen, wie kann man das ausdrücken jetzt in Deutsch, jetzt bin ich echt so von einem Englischmodus, also es wird halt ein bisschen so, also das sind so praktisch die coolen Jungs, ja, die Black Hats ja. sind die coolen Jungs und die White ja, sind das, ja langweilig. Das war ja in, in der ganzen Hacking-Szene ähnlich, dass die, dass die eigentlichen Hacker schon die coolen waren, aber die Quäker, die dann irgendwelche Exploits ausgenutzt haben wirtschaftlich, das sind eigentlich die, die uncoolen. Ja. Vielleicht kann man da so eine gewisse Parallele ziehen. Ähm, dass, dass eigentlich die, die ähm, irgendwelche Exploits für, für Blogs und so weiter ausnutzen, gar keine Hacker in dem Sinne sind, sondern eher irgendwie Quacker oder äh, so, so eine Art Beschreibung. Ja, also genau, also der, der Gag ist halt auch, finde ich, also das zum Beispiel auch bei uns halt so in dieser, in dieser, in dieser Branche, also es ist so wirklich, es ist so eine kleine Fehlperzeption, ja. Black Hat ist mit für die Leute schon immer, wenn sie auch Comet-Spam machen oder irgendwie so ein, keine Ahnung, so ein Massen, also wo sie sich in Social Bookmarking-Tools und so ein Kack ja. halt dementsprechend eintragen, das ist ja dann auch schon Black Hat. Ja? Das, das ist alles Black Hat, aber es ist vollkommen egal. Es, ist, es gefällt Google nicht, es gefällt dem, dem Webseitenbetreiber nicht, aber es ist halt noch in Ordnung. Und ich glaube, dass, dass die Grenze da schon ziemlich klar ist, was legal ist und was nicht illegal ist und die sollten wir auf keinen Fall überschreiten. Definitiv, genau. Ja, also das ist eigentlich ein gutes Schlusswort äh, dementsprechend für die Lichtgestalt, für dieses Thema. Haben wir von euch Fragen zu Blackhead oder Blackhead-Techniken? Also oder beziehungsweise auch in den Chat. Also wer jetzt auch mal irgendwie ähm, irgendwas zu irgendeiner Blackhead-Technik oder was er gehört hat oder denkt irgendwie, wie funktioniert sowas oder warum machen Leute sowas oder so. Also ich bin mir sehr sicher, dass wir das erklären können, weil bestimmt auch jemand hier auf diesem Panel sitzt, der sowas schon mal gemacht hat oder steht. Genau. Von gehört hat. Genau, aber niemand, okay. Ähm, Gut, das Lichtgestein. Ja, ähm, äh, genau. Also gut, uh, then I would say uh, we maybe uh, move on to the next topic. Um, but you're always welcome to just um, well shout in there whatever you want to do. Russenlings. Oh, that's actually a nice thing. Do you want to talk about that for a quick while for Russenlings? I don't know if you know this case. So we had, um, oh, how do you do that politely? Well, we had, nah, ich glaube, Sistrix, can you do that? Because I think I will say something bad. Huh? No, I think I will say something bad, but actually could, you know, come back and bite me in the ass for little reasons. Aber, aber die Russen-Links-Problematik mal kurz erklären auf Englisch für meine für unsere Freunde hier. Ich halte mich da raus. Ich, ich, ich dachte dazu nichts mehr. Um, well, what we had was a huge problem with uh, Russian links coming from Russia. So there were uh, some people um, and SEOs agencies who were basically buying uh, a whole bunch of Russian links, pointing them to their client websites, and just ranking the shit out of them. Really, they were ranking like for every freaking term in the internet because it, Google just had no. I, I want to see if Kaz is here. Is Kaz here? Jan is not here. Okay. Um, Don't hide. <gasps> okay. Um, also gut. Uh, all right. So, um, I, ju I just want to know how, how, how open I can share this. That's it. So, also, auf jeden Fall. Um, so, what we had was this, uh, these guys, and they were basically uh, pointing a lot of Russian links to that site, and Google just had no chance commenting that in the first place, you know? And, and I don't know, they had like really like, uh, how, how many links did they have? It was like really in a massive amount per, per domain, but they... Yeah, so like 10,000 of Russian links, like pointing that domain, just like total link popularity, always with the anchor text. And then this topic just totally exploded. Um, 
and like really totally exploded. And there was a German dude who was actually one of the link sellers and he got really upset because he lost the clients due to that. And then he um, pointed out the people and he was like basically telling the people, well, if you talk back about me, I will punish you with pointing Russian links at you to, you know, to basically derank your site. And that was a huge issue in Germany, which was totally stupid because Google is just not that stupid because it, it's so easy, you know, to figure it out. The first time when you figure it out, it's basically really easy to figure it out for the second time, you know, to basically don't count those links anymore. But they have like really SEO blocks, for example, and pointing links at them with black hat SEO or SEO black hat and all that stuff. And they were actually ranking for those terms for a short while. And then these people all got freaked out and then it, like, it was a huge mess. But so just explaining the situation, I think everybody in the audience got that example, right? Oder jemand noch nicht davon gehört, von diesem Beispiel mit den russischen Links? Okay. Um, und ich glaube halt, uh, I think, um, so basically it's like always now a race, okay, how can I find another country with new links, you know, where I can basically just buy links in 10,000 packages, you know, because it's just so hard to buy links in Germany, in the US, because all basically all the text link ad, um, Uh, networks are infiltrated. So basically, like going out and find Russia, Romania, or whatever, where I can really find uh, cheap links to basically get those rankings done. So, how do you see this? Um, for example, you ran. You know, you've been crawling the web for the for the past year. You know, what, what do you see? Do you see this a lot that this is happening, or do you see this happening more? Um, I don't know that it's happening necessarily more. And we don't we don't do a ton of uh, spam <laughs> filtering or identification, right? So one of the nice things about not having a search engine is that you don't have to filter things, right? And, and actually, I think, I mean, folks who use Linkscape, the idea is that they want to actually see all those links. So they want to know what spam exists. Um, I would say that the engines themselves are getting uh, a lot less tolerant of that type of behavior. I think that it's, again, going to be temporary and going downhill for, in most cases, there'll probably still be exploits that can be done. I would, I would say that one of the things one of the problems it creates is it makes you stick out like a sore thumb. You go buy 10,000 links, and even, uh, even if you're a relatively large site, those just don't look natural. I mean, when you run pattern matching on the web, and you see, you know, okay, this site, what does their link profile look like? And you can do all sorts of, you know, radar graphs of visualizations, and you just see, huh, that is, that is so weird, right? Why does, and you guys know what radar graphs are, right? It's kind of like, you know, you've got, this sort of a thing. Looks really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my little <laughs> diagram. Yeah, he's drawing right? it for you himself. Just, yeah. You see, right, you see Yeah, little... everybody sees that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, who needs PowerPoint who anyway? PowerPoint? <laughs> what? What? Oh, yeah. oh, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. There you Thanks. go. Right, so there's, there's Talking about smart graph. SEOs. I, I didn't try it very well there. But... You get this radar graph and you dick? see one area That's a dick of the dude. <laughs> Looks great, doesn't it? <laughs> am, am I getting in trouble for my keynote? Is that what I see? <laughs> what? Wow. All right, I'm not looking at the screen anymore. <laughs> Just going to ignore it. But I was going to say, you know, you see the radar graph and you look and you see something like number of root domains linking or number of links from non-country specific domains or something like this, it just stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah, but it worked. Suit. I mean, it worked. 
Systrix, du hast, du hast ja wirklich in Deutschland, you, you did the analysis on those domains, you know, it was like really, it worked like hell, you know, and also, you, you could also see it on your tools, basically, like, because in Systrix tool, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, you can actually, um, like, uh, drill it down to where the links are actually coming from, and you have, like, Germany, 20 links, and US, five links, Russia, 500, yeah. you know, That's and the thing ranked for, like, every, every freaking term, you know, it's horrible, um, It worked, you know, and it worked for quite some while. Systrix, um, wie lang, wie lang war der Zeitraum, wenn man mal einige Domains nimmt anhand deines Tools? Das, das, ja, das, das lief schon dreiviertel Jahr, ein Jahr lang lief das schon ganz gut. Yeah. So you have a, a, a nine months to 12 months. Wow. Which is, I mean, you can make a lot of money with. If, 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 with I mean, if in the good old days of Black Hat <laughs> SEO, um, you know, if you pick the right business, if 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 basically anything within the the, the PPC area, pills, pawns, and casino. Anything that really makes a lot of money. I mean, if I could be number one for Viagra for just two days, yeah. I would pay a lot for that because it's it's probably worth hundreds of thousands of dollars if you can be number one for those kinds of terms. So the problem for a lot of you guys that are that are probably working with long-term businesses and you want to stay around the web for a long time with your domains is that if you're competing with guys that only want to be there for a couple of days, you know, they can take much more risk. That you should ever take, and and then this guy, of course, he goes away next Friday. But then another guy comes around, or another guy, or this the same guy builds a new site, or a new yeah. site, a new site, and you don't have a long-term strategy. It's really difficult to compete against uh, short-term strategies. Yeah. We can ask Friday. Actually, you probably rank for Viagra at some time, right? <laughs> he doesn't talk much about it, but I think there's a good chance he sometime I mean, thing, he was ranking for that the, terms. <laughs> the engines have dev release cycles just like any other organization, right? And Google is getting bigger and it's getting more corporate and, and Yahoo and Microsoft are too. Well, Microsoft has been for a long time. But it, it it's very standard, right? Think about your organization. You have something you want to change on your website. What do you do? You go, you have a meeting with your CMO and your CTO, right? And then you take it back and it goes into the dev pipeline and then it filters, right? And it makes its way into the, into the code maybe six months from now. And Google is exactly the same way. So they see, you know, patterns. They see people sort of breaking, violating terms of service, doing manipulative link building. And guess what? Someone is not going to write the code to go fight that tomorrow. Except if you get five billion pages indexed, then they react really, really fast. <laughs> Anybody remember that? When um, that's that's when Google actually initiated uh, the new, you know, they they put more relationship between links and indexing before before that. Remember the case with the five billion pages? Yes. A guy, a guy put up a domain, and he within you know it is right seconds he got five billion. You know Pages index. We're talking about like 30, 40% of Google's total okay. index. Okay, who you know? knows this case? Who one knows guy, of what we are talking about? The 5 billion pages case. Who knows that? Or who doesn't know it? It, it wow. Was, <laughs> it, was, it was a crazy case. What was it, like three years, four years ago, something yeah. like that? I, I can just explain it in German maybe real quick. Oh, yeah. may, Freddy? Das Ganze lief dann über Subdomains. Der hat, der hat einfach eine Domain genommen, hat über ein Skript Milliarden Subdomains angelegt und Google liebt ja Subdomains als eine neue Domain Geil. und hat dann einfach die, die Subdomain als eine Domain genommen ne? und der hat den Google Index gekillt. Genau. Also es, wie so, so in that case, because it was so embarrassing for Google, <laughs> it was really truly embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, they, they yeah. reacted really, really fast. And after that time, there's a very close correlation between the number of links you have and the number of pages you get indexed. 
I've been working uh, with a lot of startup sites in the U.S. at really big data mashup sites, totally legitimate sites. Uh, one of the last sites I worked with, they were going to launch uh, the site with 1.5, uh, 1.2 billion pages, and on a brand new domain, and 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 wow. that was after the case with the five billion. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's going to take some time. You know, we're going to build that over time because with a page rank one side, you're not going to get 1.2 billion pages indexed today. Freya, when 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 you do a spam thing, how how many do you do a day? Like a hundred thousand, maybe. <laughs> Ähm, früher war es ein bisschen einfacher, ja. Also ich glaube, wir haben jetzt auch also pro Domain, ich glaube mal 30.000 Seiten pro Tag. oder? Naja, also so normal, einfach eine Datenbank, eine Keywordliste mit 100.000, 200.000 Keywords hochgeschoben, eine alte Expert Domain genommen mit PA4, PA5, dann hast du nach zwei Wochen die Seiten im Index gehabt und dann liefen die vier Wochen. So, genau. vier Wochen jeden Tag 10.000, 20.000, 50.000 Unix. Und der Inhalt der Seiten war nur eine Überschrift oder so, ja. Ja, ist ja alles gecloaked. Genau. Ja. Mehr nicht. Mehr brauchtest du nicht. Genau. Ähm, Wie nicht jeden Tag? Was? Ja? Yeah. 10.000 every day? More? Per domain, Rand. <lacht> you know, while you were preaching Whitehead, you know, we made money. They're trying to fuck up your Linkscape. Yeah, it was great back in the days. You know, it's basically just register, expired domain, PR5, whatever, just you know, put some shit on there. And with Google, it's really like, you just have to throw just enough shit at Google and just something will stick. Some That's block. just it. You know, if you throw enough shit at Google, something will stick. And that will just happen. You know, you throw two million pages there a day and something, you know, will just leave there for four weeks and you'll make a lot of money. You just yeah. have to watch out when you automate it. Like, now he's not here today, so I guess I can, can repeat that story. He repeated it a couple of times with uh, my colleague on, on, on StrikePoint and Webmaster Radio, David Naylor. He set up a system uh, a few years ago on, on checking on expired domains. It was back when this business was just starting up. It was really getting big. Buying expired domains with a certain page rank within a certain uh, key, uh, types of key phrases. And uh, he set up a system that could automatically check them, automatically book them, and automatically build a website on that domain. Yeah. And Then he woke up one morning with 5,000 new domains <laughs> and a bill for it, of course. <laughs> and so he tuned down the system a little bit. <laughs> I actually have something really uh, interesting and maybe I didn't know how much you know, time you spend on the actual topic because I, I really, I hated that. And I said, I printed out because now we're getting to expired domains. It is this article on search engine land and you can actually see Rand uh, here advertising <laughs> for SMX Munich, which is pretty funny. Geo-targeted to Munich, really cool. <laughs> so um, it's an article on search engine land. Links from expired domains count with Google. And no, no one besides Danny Sullivan wrote that. You know, Danny Sullivan, who we really respect the most in this industry. And he, you know, I just got to go with Grey Wolf, how he commented on spin, because I said, that is, who, who read this article? Okay. Perfect. Okay, cool. Whatever. Um, um, you guys obviously all did. Yeah, because it's really, so, they, ich kann es auf Deutsch kurz sagen. Also, in dem Artikel geht es halt darum, ob äh, halt Links von Expired Domains noch, äh, noch zählen überhaupt in Google. Und er tut dann halt Matt Katz, also er hat Matt Katz befragt und er hat dann natürlich wieder was gesagt. Nein, natürlich funktioniert das nicht, weil wir merken natürlich, dass da ein Change passiert, dass da anderer Content drauf ist und bla bla bla. Auf jeden Fall zählen dann die Links nicht mehr. And it's total bullshit. 
it's really total bullshit. Es lag something, also was Google auch immer sehr gerne versucht, also sie versuchen ja auch sehr gerne halt äh, Fehlinformationen praktisch zu streuen. Also es geht ja auch manchmal so, ihr seht auch immer noch heutzutage Seiten, die auf der ersten Seite ranken und haben zum Beispiel Hidden Text. You still see pages ranking with hidden text, you know? And Google says, well, you know, we can do this algorithmically, you know, you don't even have to try it. But, but sometimes it's such a large scale, well, you know. Problem, we, have to, we have to remember that, that a very, very large, a larger part than anybody want to admit of Google's tactic to treat, to, to, um, to scare off uh, black hats from doing what they're doing, a very, very large part of it is based on hoax. They tell you they have these fantastic technologies that can detect anything. I had a big discussion with a guy from Google called Daniel Dulitz. Uh, he was behind the anti-cloaking device. I don't even know if... It's, I think it's, they actually it's called took the Greg Bowser tool. And it was so no, funny. No, that's the 301. Huh? That's, you're thinking of the 301 ah, one. Yeah. And, and, awesome. and, and, and he, he claimed that he programmed this anti-cloaking thing and it was working perfectly and blah, 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 almost perfectly. And, and I, 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 I hit him hard because either there was no such device or it didn't work. It was... So, Mikkel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you a little bit. I think... There might be some scare tactics in there, but there's a there's a much bigger Google part. Bot is another one. They haven't removed that. So <laughs> the big, I mean, the big problem that you see that Google has here is that essentially there's a lot of white hat good sites doing cloaking, doing hidden text, and they don't want to filter them out. So you have to choose. You have to choose where you turn that knob really carefully, right? And if you're Google and you turn the knob too far, you're going to wind up like Dave Naylor with a, a bill for five thousand. I mean, not a bill, but essentially all these white hat sites all, that you've kicked out. if they turn it off too much, we just reverse the strategies. Right, right. And so, <laughs> I mean, I think that to say that they don't exist is probably an exaggeration. I think that, yes, definitely they can't detect paid links the way they say they can. No, I think what, what, but I think what happens is that they, Google is so determined on being all algorithmic, uh, contrary to Yahoo, yes, yeah. that admits that they do a lot of manual editing. Mm -hmm. They came out of the directory uh, business, so so it's very natural for Yahoo to go in and tweak things natural then or manually. They're not afraid to admit that. Well, they don't want to admit that yeah, because right. they're all PhDs and they all want to do that correctly. Right. I think a lot of times they actually do it manually. They just don't want to admit it. Yeah. Well, so they claim they have this great technology, and in fact, they've just been in manually. And that's exactly what I think they've done on, on Google bombing. Yep. I don't think there's a Google bomb detection No, mechanism. there's not. Not They're at not. all. Not at all. <laughs> no. There's a few people at Google that go and turn down the most embarrassing ones. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there probably is, you know, someone has a list of top pages that were returned in the, you know, top 10 results for a phrase that did not appear on their page. And then they go, you know, just go look at those on a regular basis. So, so, so the thing is, if, if you keep under the radar, uh, you can you can actually you can actually do a lot of, of dirty stuff that that Google don't. Uh, uh, the problem do is, it. as soon as you get good at it, as soon as you get efficient at it, and as soon as it gets popular, that tactic is going to break one way or another. And and you don't. The beautiful well, thing well, about doing white hat have cloaking breaks. I mean, the beautiful thing about doing white hat just period, is that... Not making money? It, it doesn't break. <laughs> money is so dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's no, so it's hard really, to carry I mean, it around, you know. It's like, oh, so much money, damn it, you know. And you got to pay higher taxes, you know, because <sighs> you're making the money, you know. And, well, know. It, you know, you also really the, the on scale on that money <laughs> looks very different, that. right? It's like, and then it drops, and then, you know, whereas White Hat, I mean, you do get a more consistent sort of growth period. I mean, I've done, you know, I, I, I'm 
fully admit that I've done both, you know. Whoa, whoa, you've done White Hat? And you're willing to say so on this panel? <laughs> is kind yeah, of that's a shocking that's revelation. Funny. That's funny. No, but what, I mean, what you're saying is that, that I mean, two of the, two of, just two out of a lot of, of big techniques in trying to spam Google's cloaking and hidden uh, text. But I think but they still get around. It still I think does they, work. I think they detect them. The problem is that cloaking and hidden text are things that white hat sites do too, and you just can't right. kick everyone out algorithmically because you're you're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. I don't know the what's the the German expression for that? Throw out the beer because the bottle's broken. What? <laughs> so what German expression for what? <laughs> yeah, who would ever do that? For not making money. No, but you know it's true. It's it's true though. I mean. And it makes sense, right? Because if, if you're looking to sort of develop black hat techniques, you know, and if you have a good understanding of what it means to hide text and, you know, what it means to bury links and, and to do those things, one of the first places to look to kind of figure out how to frame that tactic is to look at actually, you know, great sites that, that, they, that Google wouldn't want to ban and go, oh, hey, they're using this tag in a certain way to yeah, put I some mean, text here. Let me, let me try that and see how that works. And, and you know... Um, I would say nine times out of ten it does work, you know, yeah. as long as you stay within the frame of, you know, like, you know, if Target's doing it, you can do it. If T-Mobile's doing it, you can do it. You know, as long as, as long as there's some big brand that's doing it for probably, you know, pretty pure reasons, you can go in and do it for your other reasons. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, my real feeling is that going into the sort of, maybe not pure white hat, but, but at least light gray hat stuff and doing things like, viral link baiting, right? Go and spam the hell out of Dig and Delicious and Reddit and Newsvine and all these kinds of sites or stumble upon and earn your links naturally because then even if you get those accounts banned and you lose all of that stuff, you still get to keep all those links and those links are always going to count. So it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing to go sort of in a, in a secondary fashion if you want to spam nowadays. I think it's, it's really wise. Same with embedded content, right? If you can find ways to get people to adopt your embedded content, whether it's a widget or a badge or um, a graphic or, or whatever it is that they're going to be putting on their websites that has a link back to you, that's that's well, huge. Well, what I like to do with, 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 when we do more creative stuff is is to have a, a, a backup strategy. And and if you're working with and and you shouldn't confuse yourself with being that. If you're working with very very large brands, you should you should spam the engines. <laughs> because you can get away with it. <laughs> no, that's but that's awesome. a fact. That, that is a fact. Um, one case you guys probably know here, uh, which is one of my favorite cases, uh, uh, the BMW case. They got away with, with serious spamming in Google for three years. Then they got kicked out for spamming. It took them two days to get back in, including all the spam. Yeah, so they, they all got the, all the years, old rankings. Yeah. Three years of free traffic for two days of being out of the index. That's a pretty good deal in my book. Yeah. <laughs> Another case which is really even more embarrassing for Google was a very, very large US website. I cannot reveal the, 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 the name of it. I'm on a DNA on that. I was hired to um, evaluate the risk on certain things they did on their site. It was a kind of a semi-cloaking thing. They were removing certain stuff from the engine and stuff. It was really not that bad, but bad enough to, they wanted a risk evaluation. And I've been doing a lot of that. So I was, uh, I was starting my, my work on it uh, Monday morning. And, and it turned out really, really easy because they got totally banned in Google um, that night. 
So when I woke up Monday morning, there was not a single page indexed in Google. And this is a really, really big brand site in the U.S. that, that I mean, so dependent on Google traffic. And the whole marketing department was going crazy. I mean, they were, they were literally about to lose their jobs. And, 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 and I was like... Well, well, then we then we, then at least I don't have to explain to you guys what the risk is, you know. <laughs> so I got quick over that one, and I was like, you know, we 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 just have to remove that stuff and and reapply and all the usual things you would do when when case like that happens. But they were like, no, we have to deal with this now. We have to do something, and they were spending two figure uh, two figure million dollars in something like I think twenty million dollars something a month in AdWords. And they were like, oh, we're just going to go call Google and say we pull it every... And I said, no, no, that's not going to happen. You know, it, They have total firewalls between editorial and paid links. And, yep. you know, no way you can do that. And they said, oh, but we have to do that. I'm going to lose my job unless I do something. You know? They said, well, go ahead and try. You know, And, and, and they tried. And within 24 hours, they were back into the index with all the, the cloak stuff and everything. I think, I think the much bigger danger is not with people who are spending $20 million in AdWords and who are Fortune 500s. I think it's with people who are, you know, maybe one size smaller than that. Big, exactly. but not too big to lose out of the index. Because I will tell you, we've done work for a company who's actually... I don't know if they're, I think they're not Fortune 500, but they might just barely be in Fortune 1000. And they, we did exactly the same thing. Risk evaluation, sent them the risk evaluation. They, they dis, disobeyed it or sort of didn't, didn't believe it, didn't trust it, decided not to go with it for whatever reason. Uh, and got not just, not banned. I mean, they didn't lose that, but they lost all their rankings on a lot of key phrases and they still haven't gotten them back and it's been a year and a half. Um, and they were sort of publicly taken to task in the SEO community for this. And then, you know, Google sort of kicked them out. So, I mean, the risk, I think BMW is the exception to the rule, where you're in for three years, well, out I for two days. I have a ton of exceptions like that when yeah, you talk big brands. When you talk big brands. But it's in that middle sector, which I think yeah. a lot of people in the audience probably are in. The biggest problem is that some companies think they're a big brand. And they're not really, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. so um, don't ask yourself if you fall in with that category. You know, ask someone else. Uh, That's right. If you're not IBM or if you're not IKEA, if you're not BMW, if you're listed in the CNN, Dow Jones or the Nasdaq, I mean, you're a big brand, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you have majority market share in your space, right? That's a big brand. You probably don't need. Unless to your space is pharmaceutical or something. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, for instance, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that Wikipedia could could do any kind of fame they wanted. Wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. If is Google gonna ban Wikipedia? God, I you think that, that would, would love ever that. happen. <laughs> can we can we I, do I that? Can we get Wikipedia to Let's all get together as a I think group they, 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 they would have, they would um, they would break that Wikipedia law you have in the U.S. That law that's that right. says that Wikipedia have to be in either one or two or three, in, mm -hmm. you know, top. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice uh, indexing rule for. Yeah, it is. It is. It's nice to be Wiki. <laughs> Okay, um, I think we're done with the black hat thing. Or anyone else with some else with black hat? No one think excited? Okay, cool. I think the other session is just over. Pretty cool. Thank you much for joining us too. So, um, well, um, let's talk about the, the next topic we actually have was, um, oh, link bait. Yeah, we were talking about uh, um, link baiting. Uh, and actually the topic that was suggested was the top 10 link baits um, that ever happened, whatever. But we can't. Can, can you play video on that thing? Sure. Yeah? Well, when you find that, kind of I, I still think, even though I'm going to mention it tomorrow, I think the best link bait ever um, is probably one of my very good friends, um, Deadlift Johnson, or 
at least he's not oh. Johnson anymore. First, uh, first of January, he decided to have a sex change operation. Now that's fucking link bait that works. You know? <laughs> when you turn up that Monday morning, say now, and, and everything was changed. He's now Deezer Johnson, by the way. And it was not just something he, he made up. It was long decision and stuff. It's serious, you know, it, it, it's not a joke, you know, uh, and so it's very personal stuff, you know, but he turns up like January the 1st, all his profiles, all his websites, everything is changed, new pictures, I'm a woman, uh, like, you know, that attracts some ladies. He beat Marcus to that by like three days. Marcus was telling me all he was going to do the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Once it was done, it wasn't worth it for him anymore. I think it would work with the girl for you. <laughs> I was really talking to Todd Mellon though, and he was like, so, um, if it is real, and he's like, well, Edward Johnson is like walking around in a, you know, in, in women's clothes, it's like a big link bait, and he's like, no, I guess not. It was like, really? it was like no? It was like, for like, the longest time, and now he's, he's like, yeah. fuck it. But best of hopes. No. Got a hard time pulling this The funny thing here. about uh, link baits and, 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 and rather stuff is that sometimes it's enough to threaten to do something. Uh, and not actually do it. And, 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 and the best thing is if you, if you do something that, that is so totally outrageous that, that nobody would, would, would actually do it. But, but if, you can, if you can make people believe that you're going to do it, like, like one of my favorites was a, a, a watch company called Rem Rem. I don't know if you know that, that company, but about 10 years ago or something in Denmark, they, um, they, they told everybody that they were going to launch this uh, campaign targeted uh, to high school students and, and, and young people. And uh, they, they were making this very big, very beautiful uh, magazine, big size magazine. And they got this very high profile photographer to make all the pictures for it. And all the pictures, they want frame time. So all the pictures was of young people who commit suicide with their wristwatch on, on, on them. So, <laughs> so it was a full magazine of people committed suicide with their watches on. And, and everybody was going crazy about it. I mean, for eight days in a row, they had five minutes on each of the national TV stations. They were on the front page of every single newspaper. Um, all the priests, the politicians were talking about it. Everybody had an opinion. The great thing about it is it was never printed and it was never intended to be printed. <laughs> they only made 10 dummies and that, that's it. So if you, can, if, if you can threaten about doing something totally outrageous and you can make people believe that you're going to go ahead and do it. We have a similar example, actually, Benetton. Wer hat sich an Benetton damals, wo der... Markus, das Mikrofon benutzen. So, also, kennt jemand dieses Beispiel von Benetton? Also, ich würde mal sagen, da war ich, keine Ahnung, ich war 13, irgendwie, der Freitag war so um die 50. Wahrscheinlich, also, also ich weiß auch nicht mehr, das, also ich weiß noch ganz genau, da war dieses halt so ein, also praktisch so ein, die Kleidung von einem toten Soldaten, aber es waren halt blutverschmierte Benetton-Klamotten und das war eine riesen Werbung. Also heute wäre es der genialste Linkbait überhaupt gewesen, das war ja Wahnsinn, was damals abgegangen ist, ja, das ist echt krass. Aber wo wir jetzt mal gerade von, von englischen Sachen reden, oh, you just found it? Okay, dann schauen wir mal kurz, because jetzt habe ich auch eine Frage an die Deutschen. Oh, okay, no, I was just going to say, so, uh, this is one of those clever little tools where we just sort of look at uh, the... Uh, look at a domain and then can see all the, the top pages on that domain according to how many links they've earned from other different domains. So you can see here, this is smashingmagazine.com, who does lots and lots of like your list style link bait. And they're, they're regularly on Delicious Popular. And you can see just all of the, look at these. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of links to 
dozens and dozens of pieces of content, basically. And these are, these are not numbers of links, these are numbers of linking root domains. And let me tell you, earning 200 unique root domain links is phenomenal. So you can see some of the top ones here. Registerkarte? Yeah, ich weiß nicht. Weiß ich nicht? Nicht weiß ich. Nicht weiß ich. It means something like, I'm not very smart. Nicht yeah, yeah, nicht weiß ich. I'm okay. not pretty wise. <laughs> so, right, this is, I mean, what is this? It's CSS techniques you couldn't live without, right? 53 CSS techniques you couldn't live without. And they do all sorts of list stuff like this. And I think that um, if you, you know, if you, if you pull this up for a couple other sites, so check out mint.com, who's in the financial industry, right? Mint.com is, is financial. I mean, that's one of the toughest topics to sort of link bait for. And yet, you know, there they are sort of getting lots of unique links to lots and lots of their different pages and then ranking really well for, what's the one that I've got? I think it's uh, Y and Z are reversed on the keyboard. No, it's the normal one. You got it reversed. Oh, I've got it reversed? Right. What is it? No, it's showing me German results. So they were, they were ranking like, you know, in the top five for, for Microsoft money for all their competitors' names by putting together these, these pieces of link bait. And actually, I don't know if I can load a YouTube video, but if I can, this one's awesome. And it'll take forever to load, so we'll have to talk about something else. But NFL best players. So I was, in, I was in Reykjavik, and the director of marketing from NFL Europe was showing off this, yeah, this thing, 7.8 million, million views. He was showing this off, and he was, he was talking about sort of how um, Oh, wow. In this line of work, you need strength as well as instincts. Put it right here. Gotcha. Check this out. Ready? Go. That's why you picked me. Your move. Everyone watching at home, I want you to check this out. Two receivers, two footballs, one choice. <laughs> Go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Pick right. Me. So they put this up for fantasy football, and Last my understanding is they, they doubled... NFL uh, enrollment in fantasy football in uh, in the U.S. Just that season, this past season. Pick me. Seriously, how many reasons you need to pick me for fantasy football? There's one. Another. Honestly, I could do this all day. I'd pick me. They've been asking to do this all day. Check me out. One more time. Come on. There's three reasons to pick me. Your move. It's really only 259. Now don't believe everything you see on YouTube. No, it's fascinating. <laughs> they hate it when um, I do this. Check it out. Oh, yeah, right. 
<laughs> so what's fascinating is they actually got a bunch sure of other NFL players if there's who a wanted hole, to submit no their own small, videos after they saw this. You gotta be able to get through it. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah. In your league, you better pick me. Your move. Yeah, but this stuff can go terribly wrong if you remember. Um, if you remember, oh, I actually got to post the because now the people don't know what we're talking about. Um, wait here. Oh, somebody posted already. Okay. Um, you know, I, it can go terribly wrong. Do you remember uh, Kobe Bryant jumping over the uh, the car? And there's like a lot of videos on YouTube of people getting hit by cars. Um, somebody saw that video? Hat uh, jemand von euch das Video gesehen oder kennt es nicht? Also es gibt ein Video, wo Kobe Bryant, ein US-amerikanischer Basketballstar von den LA Lakers äh, und äh, verurteilter Sexverbrecher, ähm, über ein Auto springt. Also das Auto fährt praktisch ran und er springt hoch und das Auto ist halt so schnell, dass es praktisch unter ihm wegfährt. Also er springt immer noch sehr hoch. Und, äh, und die Leute haben das halt wirklich geglaubt und haben gemeint, okay, das können wir halt auch mal probieren. Und äh, wie gesagt, es gibt sehr viele Videos auf YouTube, wie Leute von Auto überfahren werden ähm, oder halt irgendwie halt nicht vom Boden hochkommen und einfach vom Auto einfach, naja, egal, gerammt werden. Ähm, und das... Äh, It is a problem, you know, really people, well, I mean, you know, trying to emulate I don't know it. that I would say that that one went terribly wrong. I actually know the guy at Nike that helped put the original Kobe one together. And at the time, he was just an internet marketing guy, and now he's global digital brand leader for Nike. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> sure, I'm not sure that one went totally wrong. It's wow. funny how to see sometimes how those riot things uh, move on to other medias as well, like... Like some Danish guys made this um, dynamite surfing uh, uh, video. I don't remember if you saw that. Where they, it, it's a small lake in, inside Copenhagen, and they basically took a guy on a surfing board, and they 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 they, they he he was on on the lake, and they pulled a lot of dynamite in it, okay. and they exploded it, making this big wave, <laughs> this motherfucking big wave in this little lake, and he surfed. It was all, of course, computer-generated uh, stuff. Um, but it looked very, very real and was like this home video kind of style. Uh, go and, uh, you can probably find it if you search for dynamite and, 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 um, and surfing. And anyway, it, it moved on to Mythbusters. So Mythbusters actually picked it up <laughs> and said, we want to test this. Wow. And of course, they, re and, and they actually went up to, I think, like... 400 kilos of dynamite or something in a big lake up in Canada somewhere. <laughs> and they, they just and they blew it up. Wave. So <laughs> they, they finally decided that it's, it's, we're going to get killed before we <laughs> so, But it, it's interesting how they can, can... And so they got a lot of promotion out there. Well, making, I mean, making it to Mythbusters I mean, is... I like, these, I like these sorts of... I like this sort of link bait where it's not just... Let me put up some sort of clever blog post, right? Where you can have a bit more influence. And I think that what's really interesting to me is talking to... And Bob, I don't know if we know the same guy, that, but I was talking to a guy who's, who does sort of uh, viral marketing for Nike um, and who was speaking at this conference. And, you know, he was talking about the fact that they'll invest lots of money. I mean, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in each project, do 20 of them and hope for one hit. One hit out of 20 or 30, you know, tons of projects. So a massive investment. But what is, you know, what is 8 million YouTube views And that's only one of the versions of this video. I think there's like yeah. 10 more that have, you know, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of what Nike does anyway. I mean, they, you know, they traditionally, you know, they were involved in skateboarding before anybody else and everything else. They just 
they'll throw money at something forever and hope that something comes up. You know, it's interesting though that, you, that some of the ones that you pointed out on LeakShare were lists. You know, I think there's so much right now about you know, the, I mean, obviously there's the great video stuff that you can do for LinkBait, you know, which would be wonderful if we all had those big budgets. But so much about LinkBait anymore is about the way that you uh, plan your distribution of it as much as it is the creative itself. You know, like, you know, the, the fact that, you know, 20 top 10 lists can get you, you know, a decent percentage of the traffic that one multi-million dollar video can get yep. you, you know? Well, what, one of the biggest problems I find in, in these things is turning all that uh, attention into money. Yeah. And I think one of the best examples, <coughs> in my mind, one of the most beautiful examples of, of how that was done was with the website, you know, the website Will It Blend? Yes. Uh, made by a company called Blendtec. They make a brilliant blender. And so they, they, they wanted to promote that blender in some way. And they, they came up with this stupid and really, really funny idea of putting this guy this professor type guy into a very cheap TV studio and basically in each of his video he's, uh, he's trying to see if something will blend. And I think one of my favorites is on the iPhone, will it blend? And it does blend. <laughs> so it blends actually very well. So it's really, it's really, uh, it's, so you have this very simple little concept, will it blend, you know, will it float? From another <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and it's so easy. You can do it with everything. It's very cheap to make those videos, and their sales on this Blendtec blender went up with 600 yeah. percent. Now that that's good, and the great thing, is, the whole concept is so perfect. Is will it blend? It's all about blend. All the links is going to be about blend and blending and blenders, which is exactly the keywords they want to rank for. It's I mean, the whole concept is so perfect, and when you watch it. Uh, first time I was watching it, I was I that one. Well, yeah, that's like the opposite. It's so perfect, you know. So yeah, that's like the opposite of what Nike does. You know, whereas Nike will do like a hundred things and hope that one converts and that somebody actually buys a pair of sneakers in the end. Blintech, you know, they just went boom. It's like I don't think they had money to do twenty. You know, I, right, I, I right, don't think right. Blintech was you know a big, very yeah. wealthy company. They just had one really good idea. Well, and you don't. The thing is, for Linkbait, you don't need money, right? I mean, you can do. You can do your blog posts and your microsites and your you know home videos and all this kind of stuff. You just need time and you need uh, energy and you need people and you need sort of that creative emotional intelligence, right? And if you can come up with those, you're oh, set. Yeah. I mean, remember this guy Chris something was it that was crying and and, and I, he looked very gay in some way. No offense, uh, anything, but it crying about how everybody was attacking Britney Spears oh, and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's basically just a webcam and a really stupid guy. And I think he got like 15 million views out of that or something, you know. Yeah. And it probably cost him like two cents to make it, <laughs> including the coffee he drank. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't want to disturb you guys. Um, one thing, I, I have a perfect example, actually, I want you to talk about. But before we do that, you know, you probably know what I wanted you to talk about. Um, but no, you. I'm putting in you rant. Yeah. Um, so, for the camera. Um, but ich will mich jetzt nochmal, I, I wouldn't have a German factor in here because we're now always talking about American stuff, you know, Kobe Bryant, NFL players, you know. So, but from a German perspective, ich meine, jetzt mal Friday und Systrix, um euch auch wieder hier reinzuziehen, ja. Habt ihr jetzt gute Beispiele in der deutschen Sphäre gefunden? Beziehungsweise, die Frage, die ich ein bisschen ketzerisch stellen will, ist es überhaupt in Deutschland wirklich 
also kann man wirklich in Deutschland guten Linkbait machen? Ich sage jetzt mal, wie so Linkguides gerade in Deutschland ja auch ein Riesenthema ist. In Amerika geht sowas viel einfacher. Lohnt es sich überhaupt, Linkbait auf Deutsch zu machen? Und genau, so I'm just asking, do we have good examples in Germany? Does it even make sense to make it in Germany, in German? Because, you know, it's just not that you just don't get that many links out of it. So why would you do it in German? Also ich habe ehrlich gesagt auch in Deutschland noch keinen so richtig guten Linkbait gesehen, der dann ähm, die Links, die er anzieht, auch irgendwie sinnvoll nutzt. Also es, es gab zwar ein paar schöne Beispiele, die auch einigermaßen funktioniert haben, aber es waren halt eher so ähm, Demo-Beispiele oder, oder, oder Spaßbeispiele und, und keine, wenn man sagt, es ging jetzt um ein kommerzielles Keyword, wo man dann dem, dem Kunden helfen kann. Also ich glaube, es ist in Deutschland sehr schwer, ähm, einen funktionierenden Linkbait auf die Reihe zu kriegen. Und ich habe auch, wie gesagt, noch nichts gesehen, aber ähm, mal gucken, vielleicht kommt es ja noch. Ich glaube, die besten Linkbaits funktionieren immer auf der Humorebene oder auf, auf irgendwas Freakigen. Wie jetzt zum Beispiel die Jungs, die dieses Video gedreht haben in Frankreich, die diese Büchsen in die Papierkerbe kicken. Ja, sehr ja, geil. Ja. Mit Schulter, mit Fuß und was weiß ich. Die haben das off offline dann super stark kommerzialisieren können, weil sie einfach einen Werbedeal da mit Coca-Cola bekommen haben und richtig fett Kohle gemacht haben. Ja. Also das ist auch unter Umständen ein, ein Prinzip, weil nicht alles ist online äh, Immer, immer verwertbar, aber vieles ist auch offline verwertbar. Man muss da mehr wie ein Unternehmer denken, wie kann ich Geld rausmachen? Ja? Ich muss nicht immer Links bekommen, vielleicht bekomme ich auch einen anderen Deal. So, also lustigerweise sagt hier Löwenherz im Chat, übrigens, ich finde es sehr geil, also ich glaube, wir haben hier locker 350, geh ruhig ans Telefon, wir haben hier locker 350 Leute hier auch im Chat live, die dazuhören, was ich ziemlich geil finde, also da oben die Nummer 231, das sind die Leute, die nur nicht eingeloggt sind, aber die zugucken, also ziemlich gut, we have over 350 people in the chat room right now, so das ist pretty cool. Um, und laut Webmaster Radio hören im Moment so ungefähr um die 8000 auch noch zu, also von dem her, genau. Also, auf jeden Fall, bei uns, äh, Löwenherz sagt hier ein sehr, gutes, äh, ein, ein sehr gutes Beispiel und er sagt nämlich, dass hier in Deutschland Linkbait, äh, der größte Linkbait eigentlich Abmahnungen sind. Ja? Also wirklich, ich meine, es ist wirklich ein, sozusagen das Abmahnung, äh, Season Desist should be the biggest Linkbaits in Germany, because we had a couple of those in the past month and those were usually the biggest Linkbaits, because every blog blog about is, hey, they send a Season Desist to this guy and they're stupid. And That seems to be the German Linkbait. Is this the German Linkbait? Was sagt ihr dazu, Freude? Ich, ich finde es leider peinlich, dass sowas nötig ist in Deutschland. So, I, I guess if you want, we could see, we could try and pull up maybe for next time, like the, the top pages that have links from Germany, just .de, Ooh. and I could, I can send you a list and maybe you can tell me what they are. Okay. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, you, you, you were asking on, on, on German, and, and I mean, Germany is a lot bigger country than Denmark, but, but even in a very small country like Denmark, I've seen some really, really good examples lately on, on how you not only can make link baits and, and, and viral stuff, but also turn that into money. And one of the most stupid examples is, a, is, a, is, a, is an online store um, that also have a store in Germany. They have northern part of Germany where they ship things to Denmark so they can... You have a lower, lower uh, sales tax in Germany, so they, there's some things with that. Anyway, they, they build this online store and want to promote it, and they build this little viral video. And they're mostly into, like, um, like uh, uh, refrigerators and... and, and Wait, is this the one where it all spills? Was that Danish, too? Uh, I'm not, no. Okay, we'll, we'll check. Anyway, you know, it's not very sexy selling those kind of things, you know, and how, how are you going to do anything right with that, you know? Yeah. And, and so they were like, okay... What do people like? You know, they like blonde girls with big tits. So they hired 200 blonde girls with very big tits. They put them in an airplane and gave them parachutes on. And now you have 200 blonde girls going like that in the air for a couple of minutes. 
And I think they tripled their sales or something. <laughs> they tripled their sales. <laughs> it, it is totally ridiculous. Have no point in it at all. You know, except for seeing. 200 half-naked girls with big tits and blonde hair going like that in the air. Well, I think that's the thing, especially like... <laughs> you look great doing it, so... Yeah, <laughs> I don't even have tits, but... <laughs> you know, I think that's the thing when you think about it, right? I mean, you know, the, all the examples we've had, the Blintech versus, like, the Kobe Bryant, I think in a lot of ways, if you're, if you're looking to create something like this, you need to define what you're trying to accomplish. Are you looking to create awareness, which is sort of what Nike was doing with Kobe Bryant? They need to be taking part in that conversation, they need to be part of that space on YouTube. Are you looking to have an acquisition, which is really what Blendtec is doing, right? It's like, we have blenders, our blenders will blend anything, let's make videos of us blending shit, and we'll sell blenders. Whereas, you know, whereas Nike's like, uh, we've got 10 billion to spend, what are we gonna do? But so one thing really I see, one for example, the other. which actually comes up in the chat right here, is, you know, sex sells. And sex doesn't really appear to sell in the internet. Most of the best link pages are not sex sells. Dig, you know, is like really, they don't like sex. No, but, you but know, they don't like, I, there's I, think, I think that's an American cultural thing. It is. It is very it American is because you, you're, too, you're too shy for that. It, 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 in Denmark, in Scandinavian countries, I, I would also think that for a lot of You got porn in normal TV, dude. Well, well so you got it was porn in normal TV, yeah. right? Or yeah. That's, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's great. We got porn in kids TV. Yeah, wow. <laughs> He's yeah, laughing about it. <laughs> in in oh. fact, we do. It, it's one of my favorite shows to pull up for Americans. It's it's a it's a it's a Danish kids show. It's targets like 12, 13 year olds, and and they have sex and they they mostly smoke pots on big bongs and stuff and, <laughs> and do crazy stuff. And when I show that to Americans, they 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 um, they faint. <laughs> okay, soll ich das für irgendjemand übersetzen? Weil ich glaube, ich will das nicht. Also, yeah. Okay. In America, they only have weeds. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Uh, <laughs> but, but Rand, talking about something different. Yeah. Now, Rand, uh, I actually want you to talk about one specific example, which is like basically the link bait. I always, you know, if I talk to someone and he says, well, you know, is it really worth it doing that dick stuff and all that? I give him one example, and this is Mingle2.com. Yeah. Does anybody know, also, kennt jemand das Beispiel von Mingle2.com? Awesome. Dann werdet ihr jetzt wirklich den geilsten Linkbait überhaupt je yeah. So, uh, the former uh, CTO at SEO Moz um, started a, a, a site while he was still there and then basically left after he had, he had produced it. Um, but the site was, was Mingle2, Mingle2, I like that, I bet he'd like that. Uh, so, essentially what Matt did was he built a number of small quizzes. And actually, uh, Marcus, if you go to one... Uh, O-N-E plus U, O-N-E-P-L-U-S-Y-O-U dot com. O-N-E what? O-N-E P-L-U-S-Y-O-U dot com. Um, and then you I think just all said of his, one plus U. One plus U, yeah. And then scroll all the way down. Is it with the unicorns? Yeah, there's, there's those. So there you go. Browse our full collection. Oh, browse our full nice. collection. There you go. So you can see, yeah. right, some of the examples of, of the quiz, the types of quizzes that Matt produced. Um, and essentially what they do is they rely on a lot of the principles of successful uh, link bait. And these were not, not all of these got popular on Dig, not all of them got lots of traffic from Delicious or Reddit or anything like that. What they did very successfully is they targeted niche communities. So the 
for example, like the how many people have you slept with site uh, really targeted sort of uh, small social networking blogs and uh, or smaller social networking sites and blogs. The brilliant thing about this is the normal ratio of visitors to links is you take you get lots of visits, hundreds of thousands of visits, and maybe if you're lucky, there you go, you know maybe if you're lucky, a couple hundred links. This is. I didn't know. It was are you up filling there. it out for Sorry. me? What's going on no. here? Um, <laughs> um, okay, I fill it out. The, the thing is. <laughs> um, <laughs> The thing is, at the end of every one of these, you get a little badge. The badge is cute. The badge looks interesting. The badge is sort of eyebrow raising, at least in the States it is. Obviously in Denmark it wouldn't be. But that badge is something that you want to share. You want to put it on your blog. You want to show it to your friends. You want to share your score or your number or whatever you got on the quiz. It's funny and interesting and it's really short, right? I mean, Marcus took that in what? No time at all. And that's exactly what Matt relied upon, this sort of psychology of you want to take things fast, you want to have a good time, you want to share little things like this with your friends, and so you link to it. And yeah, sure enough, if you look at OnePlus U or Mingle 2 or something like that, you'll see just hundreds and hundreds of linking domains pointing to all of these quizzes. I think and I my, have slept with 10 people less than the average 30-year-old male. Yeah, there you go. Who in here has slept with more than three people? I just want to... <laughs> okay, well... Um, slept or yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, dude. I've slept with three people on this Don't panel. Wait, now, <laughs> what? What? what did so, he say? This is the thing, though. No, what did he say? say? Seriously, what did he say? He said he slept with three people. The people on this panel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which in this panel had mostly no. <laughs> with Bob? Um, the thing is, people will always tell you, you can't rank for the most competitive terms. It's too hard. There's no way a new website could rank for tough terms. You go show them this example. Because what Matt did here is rank for th two different keyword phrases. Free online dating and online dating, just the two-word phrase. Number one for both of those in less than six months with this website. Also das müsst ihr euch nochmal vor Augen führen. Ich sage es jetzt nur mal in Deutsch. Uh, I'm just saying it in German. I'm just saying it in German to, to really stress this. Also, der hat halt wirklich mit Hilfe, also er hat keinen einzigen Link gekauft, er hat keine Werbung gemacht oder sonst irgendwas. Er hat nur diese Seite, ein, ein freies Online-Dating-Plattform, hat er einfach aufgesetzt und hat nur mit Link-Bails, wie diesen, wie diesen Quizzes oder was weiß ich auch immer, ähm, und die in einem hervorragenden Blog, auch mit wirklich immer äh, Link-Baitigen Blogartikeln, ähm, hatte er es geschafft, innerhalb von, also unter sechs Monaten bei Single und Singles auf Platz Nummer eins zu landen. In Amerika. Ja? Und wie gesagt, das ist wirklich das krasseste Beispiel, was ich überhaupt kenne. Unter sechs Monate bei Singles und Singles auf Platz Nummer eins. Wahnsinn. Unglaublich. Und das wirklich nur mit Linkbait. Do you know that when you eat the feces of a unicorn, it prolongs your life? Uh, yeah, I wonder if he tried that himself. That would be interesting. So uh, what's funny is that uh, Matt actually did a presentation in uh, Portland at the, the Search Fest. Um, and I thought it was a great presentation because what he said is, I'm talking openly about what I did for Mingle 2 for the first time ever because it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore in the States. However, I am guessing that here in Germany, you could make a killing using precisely this strategy. Yep. 
No, actually, it doesn't work anymore. That's a great question. So the reason it doesn't work anymore in the States is actually because uh, bloggers and sort of social media addicts have gotten tired of this stuff. Yeah. Essentially, the space got saturated to the point where now you put up one of these quizzes, it can be great, it can be funny and interesting, and just like any other link bait, it'll only earn 10, 20, 30 links compared to hundreds of links so that it people, was earning when it was new. People see it's designed to be a link bait. That's yeah. just it. And what you want to want these days, it's you don't want to look designed. It's like this, oh my well, God. In I the States, this. in the US. Yes. That's oh, just it. Anywhere else. Forget, I mean, we were in, I was in Australia just a couple weeks ago for SMX Sydney, and this kind of stuff works like a charm there still. So, depends on your market. Yeah, but I, I say the same thing. In, in, in Germany, yeah, in Deutschland, had it schon mal irgendjemand probiert? Yeah? Gibt's sowas? Yeah? Systrix. Schon mal so aufwendige Sachen halt dementsprechend gesehen, dass irgendwelcher Comics zeichnen lässt, beispielsweise wie in diesem Beispiel hier oder so? Ähm, ich glaube schon, dass ein paar Leute schon mal probiert haben in Deutschland, aber es, es scheint nicht. Ich glaube, das große Problem in Deutschland ist, dass, dass wir keinen Dick haben und dass wir keine richtige Blogszene haben. Äh, und dass sowas deswegen gar nicht richtig verteilt wird am Anfang. Genau. Ja, genau. Bei uns halt, also viele Blogs halt auch dementsprechend einfach. Äh, genau, es gibt bei uns nicht diese normale Blogosphäre. Ja, genau. Abgesehen von halt Basic halt Thinking, die, die man früher lesen konnte. Es gibt die ganzen komischen SEO-Blogs. Und genau, und, und SEO-Blogs, beziehungsweise ja. Blogs von SEOs, also die praktisch nur auf ja. ein Ding halt, die dann auch wieder linkgeizig halt dementsprechend sind. Genau, es gibt keine wirkliche Blogosphäre, abgesehen von, ich meine, sag, sag mal, was würdest du sagen, wie viele genuine Blogs gibt es, also wirklich auch Blogs, die nichts mit SEO zu tun haben, also wirklich Blogger aus Blogger, also wirklich Blogger. Wahrscheinlich vierstellig, niedrig, fünfstellig, irgendwie ja. so ein Dreh. Wahnsinn, ja, definitiv. Also das ist wirklich krass. Also what we are saying is, basically, Germany doesn't appear to have that blogosphere. Our blogosphere is like totally SEO infested, you know, which is a big problem with our dick clone, or actually dick, you know, clone Yigdi, yeah. but, you know, we all know that. But the thing is, right, really, that's why it is so SEO infested, because we just don't have a real regular blogosphere. We just have that SEO infested blogosphere, and that's really one of the big problems. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But you've always been kind of like test. a third world country when it comes to internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. it, it is, no, but it is really, really it, it's, it's interesting from a European point of view that how different uh, things are evolving uh, throughout the different regions. Uh, in, in Denmark, I would say we actually do have a very good blogosphere. Actually, um, uh, one, one uh, uh, business blogger um, called Dorte um, was, was just behind one of the biggest. It's you, She was actually behind uh, almost um, what do you call it? revealed a, a one of the biggest business scandals in in, in the history of Denmark, a multi-billion uh, dollar business scandal, very obscure thing, and and she as a blogger was the one that digged into it. Everybody was saying no, there's no fraud here, there's no problem here, and it turned out to be really one of the biggest scandals, and and so she got a, a, and the whole blogosphere got a lot of recognition from that. Also from the regular press saying, oh, well, maybe we should pay a little attention to that. Uh, if, because that's exactly what the journalists say they usually do. They break those kind of things, but they didn't. A blogger yeah. did. And, and I would say in Denmark, we actually do have a very good blogosphere. And, and it just seems that, that even though we're so close and, and also culturally very uh, closely related, Denmark and, and, and Germany, yeah. there are a lot of things that are very different. You have I'm porn in kids' I mean, shows. Yeah, we have porn in our kids' shows and we have... So people grow up differently. <laughs> we can, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Marcus, is it really, I mean, is there really no blogosphere or is the blogosphere in weird sectors? Like, my understanding was that Germany had a significant blogosphere around politics. Is oh. that not the case? So, Strix? 
Ich glaube ehrlich gesagt nicht. Also ich, mir fallen relativ wenig Blogs ein, die sich damit beschäftigen. Also es, es gibt zwar so 20 vielleicht Vorzeigeblogs, die auch häufig politische Themen aufnehmen, aber äh, ich glaube ja. nicht. Also I would have said the same number. So he's saying maybe like 20 or something like this. It's not really obvious. Not really, I could, I could. Okay, I'm not really active in there, but you yeah. really don't see it that much. Okay. Really. Totally not. I mean, you the know? interesting thing about any of these is if you can identify a small a sector that's small and relevant in a blogosphere, in a social media sphere, you can target that specific niche with a tactic like this. Yeah. Right. You don't have to. In Germany, impossible. Yeah. Well, impossible. yeah. Well, how, how is that? How is it? Because besides, as the old blogosphere. Yeah. Yeah. My point is just that that I think just because. You guys see this in Germany. Uh, maybe it's different in Austria. Maybe it's different in France. Mm. Maybe it's different in Belgium. You know, it, it is definitely but in some areas. It's very it's a cultural thing uh, also. I think, and maybe maybe I was just thinking that maybe the fact that we do have a, a lot of blogs in Denmark also relates to the fact that we have a ton of, of Facebook activity. In fact, Denmark is now the The country with the most Facebook profiles in the world, yeah. Yeah. we have 2.2 million Facebook profiles wow. out of 2.5 million households. <laughs> yeah, are, are a lot of them Mikkel? Yeah, that's like, dude, I had like 200,000 MySpace profiles, yeah, so that doesn't really count, you know. It's still a lot. Yeah. All hot chicks. <laughs> So, aber let's ask the audience real quick. Also ich würde auch mal gerne euch da fragen. Also wer von euch würde jetzt sagen, ich tue absolut nicht mit euch übereinstimmen. Es gibt eine wirklich tolle Blogosphäre in Deutschland. Wer würde das sagen? Oder, oder ihr seht, ihr seid alle eingeschlafen oder ihr sagt alle, nein, es ist wirklich, die Blogosphäre in Deutschland ist totaler Scheiß. Okay, fragen wir das Leben, damit ihr wenigstens mal kurz die Arme hochhalten müsst. Also wer sagt, die Blogosphäre in Deutschland, es gibt keine wirkliche Blogosphäre? Hervorragend. Also doch nicht alle eingeschlafen, hervorragend, bis auf diesen Typen. Wait, did you, what, did, what did you ask them? Oh, I'm actually asking how many people don't like your haircut. And apparently you gotta go to the barber. So, but Mystery Gaze likes it, so it's cool. At least he does have hair. He's married, so it's all right, you know. Um, he should, who, who in here wants rent to get um, Friday night's haircut? So, okay, now it's done, okay. Um, let's talk about our last topic, because we actually... Um, We have 15 minutes excited. left, we have 15 minutes noch. And let's talk about our last topic, our last topic that was pitched uh, by the audience. Uh, by the way, is the guy in here who pitched the topic? One? There's three guys, actually. So it's, oh, okay, perfect, nice. Um, so, who of you guys pitched the last topic? Das war das gerade, danke. Du, genau, hervorragend. Nämlich, es geht darum, Facebook Advertising and Alternatives to Google AdWords. So, we all do Google AdWords. Who in here does Google AdWords? Come on, and you can raise your hand, Olaf. Come on, raise your hand, dude. Yeah. He was actually one, also dieser Typ hier war einer der ersten, also einer der größten SEO-Legenden überhaupt in Deutschland und war der erste, der angefangen hat mit PPC. Ja? Und wir haben ihn alle, alle ausgelacht. Wir haben alle gesagt, wie, du zahlst jetzt für deinen Traffic? Bist du bescheuert? Ja? Und ich wünschte wirklich, dass ich äh, auch ein paar Jahre früher WR gemacht hätte, ganz ehrlich. Also weil da, was wir halt lange gemacht haben, was gut lief, das zwei Jahre länger zu machen, wow, dann würde ich jetzt hier auch nicht mehr stehen. Aber es ähm, ist ziemlich krass. Also ich durfte kurz diese Show stern, das ist wirklich sehr geil. Um, he's actually one of the German SEO legends who was the first guy who switched to PPC and we were all laughing at him and now we all crying. Yeah. So, um, also, es ist uns wieder jeder AdWords, ja, wie gesagt, wir haben jetzt natürlich ein, Monopo äh, ein Monopol, ja, wir haben ein Monopoly hier, so with Google like 82% or 90% whatever, you know, MSN 1%, da braucht man nicht viel werben, Yahoo hat 
ja, halt auch so ein paar irgendwie, da kriegt man auch noch ganz nett Traffic, aber es ist halt auch nicht wirklich das richtig Coole. Ja, wir machen also alle etwas, aber was kann man noch machen? So what are like serious alternatives? Do you, guys have, do you guys have stumble upon traffic? No. We, we have a little, but okay. is it really converting traffic? Can you like really build a business on stumble so, upon traffic? Uh, we used we used stumble upon and we did their paid option for a client of ours in, in the travel space in the U.S. Um, and it was kicking ass. It was actually converting better than Google AdWords was because people had basically selected, I'm interested in travel, and we got more, not more purchases, but more signups of accounts through StumbleUpon than anything else. So we, we just did the paid StumbleUpon traffic. It was pretty good. Huh. I would say on a, on a global level, and, and of course there's differences really good. Um, between uh, different countries, but, <laughs> but, but I would say on a global level, I would say that Facebook ads is the most overlooked uh, advertising media it's right so now. so cheap. It is so dirt cheap. It's like, it's like PBC in the beginning. And, and my estimate is, and especially outside the U.S., U.S. usually catches up to things like this a lot faster, but especially outside the U.S., I don't know how the penetration of Facebook is in Germany, but if it's just even close to what we have in Denmark, you should go and check it out because it's so dirt cheap and the, and the and, uh, distribution is great. You have to work with the, 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 the targeting. It, and if you've been, been working with search, it's not that difficult to reset your mind to that, but it is different. It's not search. But the thing is, you can you can target extremely specific. So so the trick with Facebook is to target very specific, and 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 do a lot of different ads. Or what we do sometimes is to do A/B ads. So so we have an ad that really goes out to every everybody or big very large demographic in Denmark, and we want to use little pictures. So we we divide it up into um, two, two groups: one for females and one for males, because. You know, realistically, they, they trigger on different pictures. Or you can take different age groups. You can, you can make little ads. You can make one specific ad for every single age group and target it to that age group. And then you put a headline saying, are you 24? Yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. It's just impossible to do in Google. And, and that really works. But what I also found is But that... But really, it, 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 it's, it's really... If you're single on Facebook, you get like... Four ads, you know. Hey, you're single. You want to find someone. You want to date someone. It's you can, you can even, you can even. I don't think Facebook's actually made that on purpose, but you can actually uh, target uh, gay and, and bisexuals. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to target Bob, you know, it's yeah, great. Exactly. You know, just, you know he's both bi. Yeah. <laughs> gay and bisexual. So, but the funny thing is, I okay. Also, I, I, I want to share a quick anyway. story, actually, I, a quick story, because I did something similar to that, and uh, you know, I don't really talk that much about the stuff I do, but this was really funny. And this exactly what you said because dating is like really easy on Facebook because basically you can target singles so that is cool because basically I want to just be uh, my ad should just be shown to singles and he can say okay it's singles and now you can even narrow it down to age groups which is awesome because now I was looking for older women so I was looking for women who are like 36, 37, 38, biological wait a minute, wait a clock 36 ticking. is old in Germany? No, I mean like biological <laughs> clock is ticking. Like, when, when, when does the, the biological... Where does mystery guest go? Yeah, I, I think she heard that and ran out. Oh, wow. Okay, I think the clock is ticking. When do you get a baby, dude? Okay, well, um, so, um, okay, when, when does biological clock ticking start for women? 30? Okay. Can we have a women opinion on that? <laughs> okay. No one? Okay. Cool. Um, okay. Um, so the thing is, and now I target that, and I will say on my ad, 37 and single, 
bomb, you know, and this like really exactly, oh my God, I'm 37 and single. This ad calls out to me. Sure it does. Yeah, because you can target you and it's awesome because it really says 37 and single, bomb. I had click-through rates like through the roof. It was awesome. It was you can, really, you can, really you awesome. can use Facebook ads too as like a paid traffic method. Yeah. You know, you say it's really hard to get on dig or it's really hard to have a German dig. Facebook can be your German dig. Yeah. I mean, it really can through advertising. You can, if you put up viral content, uh, we had one of our partners did a viral advertising scheme on Facebook and it targeted actually the UK, not the US. Yeah. And got tremendous traffic and tons of links to it basically by having this, you know, well, a piece of content that was sort of interesting, funny and viral and they put the ad up to go check it out on the Facebook ads targeting the demographic they wanted, which was basically the demographic they knew had blogs yeah. and Twitter accounts and then did yeah, that. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome. And the thing is, you know, what you can also do is, you know, most of the dating ads actually were always shown like young girls, you know, and with, with, if you're a single woman, you know, you get like a young guy and that's what they think that is. But no, if I have a biological clock ticking girl, 32, I say girl, 32 year old clock ticking girl, I will show a picture of a couple because they don't want to have the hot guy because they know they can't have the hot guy. They would have him right now, you know? So if they don't have him, you know, they want to have a picture of a couple, you know? Oh, that's what I want, you know? I want to marry, and that's, you know, 32 and single. Here's the thing, oh, man, and I made a shitload of money with how, that. How you, uh, I, I haven't done the, the dating market, but, but what I found for, from a lot of other uh, markets uh, using Facebook is that it, it's not very good for direct sales. It's very good for initiating communication. So, so it's much better Branding. to offer a free video or or something that initiates a communication than you then can add, you know, yeah, onto it's a great way to and get then email finally, addresses. of course, make some sales yeah. or newsletter or or something. You know, free stuff is usually good, uh, but. You know, it's, it's, it can be a little tricky, I think, to make direct sales. It might be different in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, in the dating space. I, I don't know that. No. Did you get a direct sign-up from, from the Facebook sure. ads? Okay. Sure, yeah. definitely. Really. 36 and desperate. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> oh, really. Have a nice landing page on there, and they will sign up to everything just to get this one thing, you know, finally get married. That's great. And then it's all you on all the profiles. And no, not me. Yeah, yeah you're wow. 36 I mean, you have to have mass market stuff, right? When you're talking about Facebook, it's yeah, we on have Google. Point, we have 2.3 million users in Germany. Right. That's a lot. But, but That's I'm, really I'm saying. 2.3 million? Yeah. I think we, we, we crossed the line of 2 million in like, I don't know, like November. Well, or Denmark like has so the highest we. penetration rate, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, yeah, how many you're a lot smaller. And you got kitty we got porn 6 million on TV. people. <laughs> Um, but then again, we also have all the, I don't know how it is in Germany, but everybody below 13 have figured out how to, you know, go in and put a different <laughs> date on it. So, so. <laughs> uh, have you, have you seen adoption of Twitter rising in Germany? Uh, definitely. Definitely. Um, Twitter, Twitter. Okay. Wow. wow. This is Twitter users in Germany. Wow. Oh okay, their search marketing conference, if we do it somewhere else, it would be no, a lot I mean, less, but whatever. That's like but that's even an impressive number yeah. for a German marketing conference. Yeah. So, um, and uh, it really, it, it, it really rises right now, even to people that are normally not doing that. And so uh, Twitter doesn't have direct advertising right now, but you can, you can do some pretty amazing traffic driving things 
with oh, yeah. Twitter really quite easily. So For again, example, Twitter competitions, yeah. giveaways, yeah. and yeah. all kinds of stuff. You know, there's a lot of you can do a lot of creative stuff. Right. I mean, the you know the the thing where you say basically everyone who retweets will get something or, or tag it. With yeah. A certain tag. There's Ta even what it is it called, Tweeny or something. There's a there's a site now where where you can what's it called, Tweeny. Oh. Oh, what's it called? There's, there's a there's a bunch of sites coming up now that can actually help you do this stuff yeah. if you if you're not technical, where you they can basically do all the tracking for you for for these kind of tweet oh, com, yeah. com, uh, competitions and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very effective. And, and especially, and especially, you know, with Twitter, which is pretty awesome, because I was, you know, Guy Kawasaki at SES New York showed a really, really impressive example. So he was actually doing, he's just doing searches, automatic searches, and then when somebody searches for a specific product, you know, he's basically giving him automatically the link, and it's just awesome. And basically, you can say whatever service you got, you just look for people actually twittering about that. You you really pull up a search of what you like, blenders. So you. Take a search for blenders, and basically everybody talking about blenders, and you just take a look at this thing, and just okay, I need a new blender. Does anybody have a tip? Bam! There's right. a new customer. Welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's and that's what I you got to do. So really, research traffic. people what yeah. they are looking for, and then basically jump in there and give them what they are, what they're searching for. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm single and desperate. What can I do? Here's the link. Well, just the speed of it, also. I mean, when you go to search, right? It's you know, take somebody a little bit of time to blog for that site to get indexed and everything. If you really want to know what's going on in that very kind of temporal moment, searching on tweet tends to deliver. So if you're an active Twitter user and you're driving that traffic to something that's conversion oriented, it can be really profitable. I, I you know, it's, it's, a, it's a while ago, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in, if you're in a very time sensitive kind of business, I used to uh, do a lot of work in the antivirus space, uh, which is a very time sensitive business because when a new virus hits the market, everybody wants a solution. And, and it's like the, the spikes we see in searches is crazy for, for those kind of things. I made some really, really interesting things back when, when I was doing this. It was a pretty small startup company moving into this antivirus business. And, and it was difficult because it was small and, and, and all, all the first 20 spots in Google like occupied by, by McAfee and Norton yeah. and all those guys. It's really difficult to get through. I think last time I checked Norton, they had like 15 million backlinks or something. It's, it's impossible to compete against. But what we found is in, in AdWords, and I think that would work for Twitter as well, is that when a new virus launches, I remember when SASA launched, I think it was a Friday uh, afternoon, uh, the spike in searches was extreme. And Google had 18,000 results for SASA, and none of them had it to anything to do with that virus. Of course not. It was a new name. You know, who calls anything SASA? So I was the first one in the world that got an AdWords up for that, for, for my client. And uh, so the clicks was, was, I think it was seven cents or something like that. And we awesome. got a thousand clicks per hour, converting with 70%. Wow. I think wow. you could do the same thing with Twitter today. I think if a new virus hits now, everybody's going Twittering about it. So if you're there with the right answer, with the right solution, a free trial that can fix that problem, yep. you could do that same trick. And it's even going to be cheaper because you don't even have to pay for it right now. Right. Right. So uh, I'm not translating that because I'm going to do so that. If you're in time-sensitive businesses like that, um, that, that, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. No, that is pretty awesome, actually. It's pretty cool. Wow. 
Um, the I great thing about uh, the Sasser thing was that, that what we found is that it's probably going to go the same thing for, for Twitter because even though all the big companies are now going starting Twittering and having Facebook pro profiles, they go home from work Friday afternoon and they don't start before Monday morning. So what I found with that Sasser one was that we had the whole weekend for ourselves. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Then on Monday morning, of course, they woke up over Norton and McAfee and they finally got their ads on. Yeah. But at that time, we made a lot of money. <laughs> Hey, uh, Marcus, how late does this run? The show? I yeah. was just about to say, I think we're running out of time. Oh, okay. Thanks. I was uh, going to say. It's a long say. You, don't you know, like you it? gave us beer, and then you have us sit up here for two hours. Oh, and okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any like beer. But, well, uh, I think it's geht bis 17.45 Uhr, oder? Also haben wir fünf Minuten überzogen. Hervorragend, geil. Es ist ja keine Show mehr dann, oder? Wir sind auch fertig. Die Ding ist vorbei jetzt. SMX für heute, oder? Du, willst, du kannst einfach laut schreien. Es ist vorbei. Achso, ist alles vorbei. Sehr gut, hervorragend. Von dem her, ähm, genau, äh, würde ich jetzt nochmal sagen, I'd like a big thank you and I want you guys uh, to say a big thank you to you guys and even you guys clap at home for those incredible guys helping me on tonight for the SEOs, uh, Webmasters on the Roof All-Stars panel. Also wirklich geil, also wie gesagt, es war wirklich nur ein Experiment und äh, ich, ich fand es wirklich geil gut. Es war jetzt natürlich ein bisschen viel Englisch, äh, sorry about that, aber es war natürlich auch wahrscheinlich, glaube ich, umso spannender. Ich glaube, wir haben wirklich auch ein paar coole äh, Sachen dementsprechend besprochen, auch wenn, wie gesagt, äh, hier vielleicht ein paar äh, Redeanteile ein bisschen anders waren. Aber egal, auf jeden Fall, ich fand es richtig cool. Für euch da draußen, ganz wichtig und bevor der Black Dog jetzt abhaut, ja, nämlich auch er sollte wissen, heute Abend die Party, co-gesponsert von Webmasters on the Roof. Und wie gesagt, wo Webmasters on the Roof ist, stehst auch Webmasters on the Roof drin, ja. Wie gesagt, also wer nicht zur Party kommt, der hat wirklich was verpasst. Wir werden eine richtig geile Sause machen. Es wird ein Guest-DJ-Set von äh, Bob Rains geben, ja, der äh, was zum Besten geben wird. Und es wird wirklich eine sehr, sehr, sehr geile Party werden. Und wie gesagt, äh, morgen aufstehen kann man auch ein bisschen später. Äh, ich weiß, Brent und ich müssen morgen um 9 Uhr morgens hier sitzen. Ja? Also von dem her, aber ihr könnt ausschlafen und es wird sich lohnen, weil heute wird wirklich eine geile Party. Also ich hoffe, ich sehe euch alle nachher äh, in der Galopprennbahn äh, in, auch in Riem. Es gibt äh, Shuttlebusse auch ab 19 Uhr hier. Und sonst einfach zur Galopprennbahn Bremen. Wir haben wirklich eine geile Party für euch auf die Beine gestellt. Vielen Dank an euch alle fürs äh, Mitmachen. Vielen Dank an die Leute da draußen. Über 300, äh, jetzt sind es bestimmt schon 400 Leute im Chat. Über 8000 Leute, die zugehört haben draußen an den Schirmen. Und ähm, es war einfach geil. Also wir hatten Mord Spaß da draußen. Wir hören uns, äh, nee, nächsten Dienstag können wir uns nicht wieder. Ich muss hier nur kurz Housekeeping für die Leute machen. Sorry, also ihr könnt schon gehen. Äh, genau, also wir hören uns nächsten Dienstag, glaube ich, nicht, weil ich äh, fliege, we fly to Amsterdam on, on, on Monday. So I don't think we will have a show on uh, Tuesday. Also wir werden Dienstag keine Show haben. Ähm, dementsprechend, ähm, genau. Und äh, von dem her, ja, ich schreibe wahrscheinlich einfach auf die Seite, wenn es dann dementsprechend weitergeht, wie auch immer. <lacht> Ähm, genau, das war's. Also wie gesagt, mir hat Spaß gemacht und dann äh, vielen Dank fürs dabei sein. Bis dann, macht's gut. Ciao. Das war wirklich eigentlich nur für die Leute.